Welcome to the Sandcast, people. We are here with a good friend of mine, Leon Abravanel, and uh, we are brought to you by Firefly today, our um, daily recovery friends who take care of us in the health department. Uh, Leon, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, y'all. How we doing? Man, we're doing good. We're, uh, I hear that you know, you're living up in Tahoe, so you somehow managed to get out of the snow. I'm surprised you can even leave right now with how much snow you're getting up there. Ten feet. Yeah, we just got ten feet, so I'm uh, tired of shoveling, and I had to get out. So I uh, took my snowmobile over the mountain, and now I'm in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. Wow, true <laughs> mountain man. <laughs> All right, so for our listeners, um, I guess, could you provide just a little bit of background on yourself and then two so you, you wrote a book called my mental playbook um which sports psychology is becoming a, a bigger and bigger thing in sports and athletics as it, i think it should be uh, i think I, I think it's fascinating i love listening to michael gervais uh and his show and i think a lot of that advice and wisdom is super applicable um just across the board whether it's sports or business or whatever so can you just kind of yep. walk us through um, your background, what made you want to write the book, and maybe just kind of a, a little synopsis uh, of what the book is about? Sure, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I, I love you guys' podcast. I've listened to almost every single one of them thus far, and it's really cool to see you guys kind of tackling the startup podcast world in a in a like non you know traditional way in some capacity where you guys are just very nice and comforting and casual so good we try to be controversy free yeah you guys are doing great man it's it's awesome to be here so thank you for having me uh um, and then yeah again my name is leon abravanel i'm from south lake tahoe and soccer was actually the game uh was my vehicle and uh, the game i grew up playing so i was uh fortunate enough to play at a pretty high level i played uh, Division One got a full ride scholarship to play uh, at University of San Diego, and um, and then <clears throat> I played professionally for four years after that in Bolivia and Germany, and then across the United States, um, where I ended up playing actually for the LA Blues, which is a second division team, and ended my career there um, at 25. Got an MBA in organizational leadership. Uh, found my wife, moved up to Tahoe, and uh, wrote this book. Um, that's the end of the story. But, <laughs> Very uh, traditional life story right there. <laughs> <laughs> and Leon's wife is my wife's cousin, so I don't know what that makes us, but that's how we met I each think other. <laughs> Cousin-in-law, cousin maybe? Cousin-in-law, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I guess. I guess whatever that is. <laughs> Second cousin... Second cousin twice removed, something like that. And my mental performance uh, coach. (laughs) Uh, That would be an honor, Chuck. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, man, we're uh, we're family now. But um, so the the concept behind my mental playbook is that I I think that all coaches say that sports are 99% mental. And some will say... 75%, 75%, some will say 90%, but the majority of people say 99% mental, and the rest is whatever whatever the rest is. And I think the, the interesting question that uh, the author, the co-author of myself um, had was, why is no one focusing on these things? You know, why if it's 99% of the game, of the performance that you are about to go do, 
why is there no training around this? And if there is, where, where do we find it? And so we, we started digging into this in a deep way. And um, sports psychologists cost, you know, $250, $300 an hour um, if you're going to go to someone that's actually any good. And so what we did is we tried to condense uh, all the information that you would learn in about uh, 30 sports psychology sessions into one kind of customizable mental performance playbook that you fill out as tons of exercises um, that you can create your own routine um, because that's a huge piece of the sports psychology world is not it's it can't be cookie cutter it has to be very uh, specific to the particular athlete so yeah this is uh it's only 70 pages long so also another big thing that we found was that you know, men, mental performance or sports psychology books are 200, 300, 400 pages long. Like as an athlete training twice a day, not needing to nap, needing to, you know, go to the, the training room and get their bodies right, minds right. There's no way in heck that you're going to be able to read that book. And by the end of it, are you really taking anything away from it? So, yeah, that's that's where the, the, the concept came from, and it's been out for about a year now. We sold uh, we sold a good amount of copies, so super happy about everything going on. Yeah, I can, uh, I mean, I can certainly, I got kind of excited when you told me about it, because I can totally relate to being a young athlete, and now that I look back and I've done a lot of my own sort of sports psychology training, um, but I started like actually doing it as a professional, but I look back on my career, like back to when I was a youth and I was like, I was totally trying to develop certain mental skills and noticing different tendencies um, that change my play based on how I, you know, mentally, my, what my mindset is going into certain sporting events, but I didn't know what I was doing at that age. Right. And I'm, now I'm thinking like, damn, if my high school coach had this book or, or just had helped teach us some of those skills, you know, I would be well beyond where I'm at now. Um, and yeah, like you said earlier, it is, I don't know what the percentage is, but it is certainly my number one priority to make sure that my mind is right before I enter any competition or even practice. So I, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Go ahead. it's pretty interesting to hear like, you know, professional athletes say that it's, you know, that you think you could be at a much higher place if you would have learned this stuff at an earlier age. Just imagine where what a normal athlete would be. Right. You know, yeah, like, you're right. It's, it's like, you know, you had the gifts that and the hard work and all the things and, and probably has subconsciously learned those those uh, mental skills right. along the way. But, but you know, the, the book is not, it's not the, the destination, right? It's the journey as well. So, right. Um, yeah, it's cool to hear you say that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, it's this kind of stuff can help you in so many other ways as well. It, it, you can easily translate everything you learn from the me learning the mental aspects of sport and dealing with pressures and whatnot to any aspect of life, which which is great. I'm still waiting for my copy, by the way, and and I'm and I want to fill it out because I think it's great. You know, it's one thing to do my my mindset training in my head, but to actually put it on paper and, and somewhat get a log or journal of it uh, is something that I've been meaning to do. 
Don't hit that skip button, everybody. We're going to be right back here with Sandcast. Just taking a brief second to give a big thanks to our sponsors. First and foremost, goes out to Wilson. Everyone should be stoked that the AVP season is coming up, which means that you need to order up your Wilson volleyballs or any other volleyball equipment you may need. So go to wilsonvolleyball.com to get that. Best news, you can get a discount. Wilson Sand. It's 20% off if you use our Sandcast Wilson discount. So hop on over, get your preseason equipment, get ready for the season coming up at wilsonvolleyball.com and use wilson sand for a 20 percent off discount this show is also brought to you by our guys at firefly recovery these guys are awesome try just went to doha and was using firefly recovery in the hotel room they've got them in the recovery tents on the fivb they're the best things possible because they're super mobile you can bring them on planes if you're traveling around the world i'm about to use them when i go to vienna and italy for snow volleyball you can bring them to work if you want they they just stimulate the blood flow in the area that's sore or injured and it helps it recover way faster and also just feels really good so if you're sore if you're or if you just want to stay on top of your recovery, use Firefly Recovery. It's the best thing on the market right now, and it's really cheap too. So give them a try. Go to fireflyrecovery.com. And now for our Pacific Coast Wealth Management Olympic FIVB ranking update. Leading the charge for the men is Russians Vyacheslav Krasilnikov and Oleg Stoyanovsky. At number two, welcome aboard two-time gold medalist winners of Sydney and Doha, Esteban and Marco Grimalt, who are cousins, not brothers. Leading the way for the Americans at the moment, though that's likely to change here soon, is Triborn and Trevor Crabb. And for the women, at number one is Brazilian's Rebecca Cavalcanti, winner of the P1440 Top Guns event, and Ana Patricia Silva. At number two from the U.S. is Emily Day and Betsy Flint, silver medalists in Sydney. Uh, followed at number five is Brooke Sweat and Carrie Walsh Jennings. And at number six is Kelly Clays and Sarah Sponso. More Americans at 11 and 13 with Brittany Howard and Kelly Reeves and Alex Kleiman and April Ross, respectively. So really solid showing in our Pacific Coast Wealth Management Olympic Rankings update from the American women here. And now we're going to let you get back to the show. Yeah, well, I sent it to you. It must have got caught in this ten-foot storm. Yeah, it's been in the mail. He's snowmobiling it down to me. I'll bring it. I'll bring it down. Yeah, by foot, man. <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> All right, just wear your snowshoes. <laughs> and try, try, kind of mention that uh, you know there, there's a, a filling out aspect of the book, so it doesn't take on the traditional format of uh, just kind of a narrative, you know, you read the book and then you, you put it on the bookshelf. Walk us through how this book is a little bit different uh, in that, you know, the, the reader has a little participation involved in this one. Yeah, it, it everything that we are doing is for the that particular person. It's not for our own egos to say, hey, we know so much stuff. Please read our, you know, thousand page book that is going to take you, you know, maybe a year to read. Instead, it's like, you know, it's it's uh, nuggets of, of information, like the nuts and bolts of what you need to know about, you know, each particular topic. And then it's it's exercises that accompany that, that you get to fill out as the reader so that you walk away with, uh, you know, an, an exact formula or routine, as we call it, um, for yourself, you know. So, and then you walk away and you, you say, okay, this is what I need to do mentally to do, you know, to get to a higher level. Um, 
and he, these are the steps, these are the exercises. Um, so it's all, it's every single thing is for the reader. So you mentioned a couple exercises that the readers can do. Can you name a couple in specific that maybe because we have a lot of athletes that listen to our show, um, and in specific beach volleyball athletes. So maybe a couple things that they'd be able to take away from it that they could do at home, you know, not, not trying to short you on sales for the book, but maybe just mention one or two <laughs> just to tease them and make them no. buy it. No. Yeah. I think, uh, the, the biggest, the biggest part of the, the book is the foundation, right? So the beginning part, so we're clear that the, the book is broken up into pre-performance during performance and post-performance. So pre-performance is something like goal setting or visualization uh, and a little bit of breath work. And then the, during the performance, it's how can you be, um, how can you be resilient in the moment, right? The referee makes a bad call. You make a bad pass. You know, you, 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 you're not able to make the play that you're planning on making. How do you rebound from that quickly enough um, to be back into the game and playing at your best level? And then the post-performance is... Um, it's a it's a list of um, reflection questions. So instead of saying, "Well, I think the this is bad and this is the reason why this went this way," it's more like um, the four questions. And I don't mind sharing them with you guys. Are what went well that was in my control? What went well that was out of my control? So, for example, the referee made a advantageous call for for our team. Um, what went well or what did not go well that was in my control and what did not go well that was out of my control. And that way you could actually separate the, the way in which that you are processing the game. Because when we step off the, the, you know, the, the, the court or you step off of the soccer field, your emotions are running extremely high. And it's really hard to pinpoint specifically what you need to work on in the future, right? It's, it's, okay, well, what went poorly that was out of my control? The ref made a bad call, but what happened after that call? Right, maybe, maybe, um, maybe you got super frustrated and you started yelling at the referee and the next set you were completely out of the game, which cost your team the, the championship match, right? So mm -hmm. it's being able to pinpoint these things and, and kind of separate them from just being a very general way of looking at the, the game. But um, so that's how the book works. But foundationally, uh, one of the biggest recommendations that we have is to, is to meditate on a consistent basis. It's something that a, an athlete who is uh, serious about taking their mental game to the next level on a very foundational level, a, a minimum of five minutes a day. And the reason why it teaches so many deeper lessons of discipline but you've got to think of your brain exactly as a muscle. And, it, and it, if you work it and you train it and you discipline it, um, it, it, there's unlimited benefits that come with that. But if you don't, then you're leaving, you know, your brain up to chance. And you call it, we call it flabby brain, right? It's mm -hmm. like it's, it's got a little extra fat on it. And that's not, you know, that's not elite performance. That's just mediocre typically. So yeah that's one that's one big thing um another big thing is uh it, it's not an exercise in particular but it's something called a growth mindset and growth mindset is if there's one thing that your athletes 
from this podcast could walk away with, it's growth mindset. It's a, it's a term that was coined by a doctor from Stanford um, who is basically research, you know, peak performance and et cetera. But growth mindset's the, the, the simple idea that there's nothing that's fixed. The moment that you become fixed in your mind is the moment that, that you cannot grow, right? So I'm only this fast. I'm only this, I could only jump this high. I'm only this competitive. I'm only this mentally tough. I'm only this smart, right? It, it doesn't give you any ability to learn and grow. Whereas an elite, you know, super high level athlete or just human being in general is, is constantly learning, right? And constantly asking the questions and being open to that. So that growth mindset, if something that's, like I said, if there's one thing people could take away, I really think growth mindset is, is it. Yeah. It's funny. We, um, we actually, that book comes up all the time. And when we go to, I think we've talked about it on the podcast probably yeah, before. Carol Dweck is a regular name that's mentioned. Yep. Yeah. But we, uh, when I go down to national team practices once a week, um, it's with all, whatever, you know, the top few um, national team uh, teams. <laughs> and uh, and a, a bunch of the top coaches as well, including uh, Tyler Hildebrand, who's the head coach of the national team. But almost every other day they're they're bringing up that book and uh different certain quotes from it so like yeah that absolutely translates to the highest level of of our sport for sure and actually the first time i ever heard of it was um just having a casual conversation with um phil dahlhauser who everybody knows and uh he uh he thought that was one of the best sports psychology books that that he had ever read and he uh, and then after that, I started hearing about it from everybody, and um, yep. for some reason, I've read a lot of books, but I haven't picked that one up because I feel <laughs> like everyone's just told me the sports psychology that's within that. But I need to pick it up, and I promise I will, people. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's uh, so even that book in itself is is lengthy, right? It's two two hundred fifty pages, and it's yeah, semi dense, so. We basically took the, you know, we scraped out of, of its knowledge and, you know, the nuts and bolts of that. And that's kind of the beginning of our book to kind of set the stage. So growth mindset, you're talking really about just a way of life. You know, it's like, how can I make mac and cheese better? Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, how can I drive in traffic better? The mac and cheese I, is a crucial skill. That We, need, we all need a growth mindset. <laughs> right? I mean, you can't make good enough mac and cheese. It no just way. constantly gets better. You mentioned, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. Um, you mentioned meditation. And I feel like that's been just meditation, breath work, mindfulness, I feel like have become almost like vogue terms, not just in sports, but in society in general. Why do you think yep. that meditation is so important these days? Whereas before, you know, maybe I think as soon as 10, maybe five years ago, if you said meditation, like most athletes would probably laugh at it and think it was probably some like Buddhist monk, you know, sitting cross-legged somewhere <laughs> in the Himalayas. Sure. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a great question because meditation is also, you could, you could argue that, you're meditating right now if we're truly in the moment and we're like enjoying what we're doing and we're focused and we're talking in a way that we are both reciprocating this really nice relationship. So 
meditation does not necessarily mean you have to sit down with your legs crossed, you know, shave your head and move to <laughs> Nepal. Like that's not, it, you can, but that does not mean that you have to. And, and so, um, yeah, it's, I think that it's a critical skill because the act of sitting down and trying to clear your mind is nearly impossible. <laughs> so, yeah. so just at the, at like the very essence of it, it's like, okay, well, you want me to think about nothing? Like, how do I do that? I don't even know how. And what happens is that if you're brave and courageous and you and you take the time, and like I said, you just sit down for five minutes a day. It's not 20, it's not 50. It can be, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. But five minutes a day, and, and if you really try over time and you make it into what they call practice, a meditation practice, you will find that you will start clearing your mind more often. And what does that mean? That means that your mind is becoming more disciplined. And when your mind is more disciplined, right, the stronger it is, right? In those tough situations, like the situations where you do get injured, like Chai just got injured, or even on like a momentary basis where something goes wrong in your life and you have to react. And instead of reacting in a negative way that could possibly hurt you further, it helps you like realign yourself and, and get back to that, that positive growth mindset that you that you want to have. So meditation is just something that like, it can be at all times, but the, the actual act of meditating is where you're sitting down and just trying to clear your mind and discipline it. So, yeah, it's it's becoming something that's super popular, and but it should. It's not fake. It's not one of those right. fads. It's like, you know, it's real, and it's it's something that anyone in the world can do. And that's the, that's a really cool thing about it as well. So, and then so one uh, kind of a two part question. One's for you, and then kind of a, a follow up to try. Um, when you were playing soccer professionally, did you was meditation something that you practiced as an athlete, or did that, or did you kind of start to discover this stuff after your time as an athlete was finished, and then? For try, I know that you know when you were sidelined with the autoimmune disease that you were doing like forty-five minutes a day meditating, which is crazy. And like, have you noticed any benefits from that in your game or elsewhere? Um, oh yeah, big time. I was gonna say, I, I think, uh, I mean, you hit it right on the head when you say like we could be meditating right now. Like, the medita- meditation practice that I did while I was out helped me in my everyday life so and you kind of touched on it before but you know if you practice daily it's not the the benefits that you're going to get aren't necessarily going to come from that five minute session that's what I've learned and and you're right it was like it took me to just be brave and say screw it to obviously get up to like the 50 minute meditation though I thought that was not going to happen but I at least I was brave enough to try it and then I was like wow I feel amazing and then I kept trying it and somehow did it for a month but all the work that I've done I've noticed I don't remember from those specific sessions like how good I felt or I didn't have some like vision or something but I've noticed that throughout the entire day I can tap into it really quickly and be aware of 
random trains of thought that are taking me away from the present moment. That, and I've gotten good at realizing that I don't need these train of thoughts, like going play. They're not helpful. But normally we kind of trick ourselves into thinking that they are. So, for example, being a podcast host, if you're not in the present moment listening to your guest, you can't really carry that conversation on correctly. And I'm the most ADD person that I've ever met (laughs) before all this. And um, I can for sure say that even right now as we're speaking, I'm good at um, recognizing when my train of thought's leaving and then I can come back. I can bring it back and just forget about wherever my brain wanted to go and be right back in this conversation. And if I wasn't able to do that, if I didn't do all this meditation and mental work, um, it would be painful for you guests. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. And then you take that, you know, to the, the volleyball court, right? Right, exactly. Like, what What's happening in that particular moment, okay? There's, you got thousands of fans and you got, you know, crazy stuff going on that is either in or out of your control. And regardless, you know, there's going to be reaction after every single play. And volleyball is a sport in which that you need to recover immediately, like mentally, because you don't get time to just kind of lollygag and wander off. Like you're in the next play. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) if you're not in that next play, you're going to lose the point again. Right. And again and again and again until you've actually lost the, the game or the match. And, and then you and then you're wondering what happened and then you're blaming somebody else and then you're like and then that whole cycle kind of happens now exactly. it doesn't have it doesn't have to happen that way but of course that that's an extreme version of like then how how a lack of focus and discipline can lead to you know potentially a slump right. you know it's like it's like you know you miss a couple of sh- easier shots and you're not disciplined enough to get back to and then you keep replaying that same story over and over and over again if you're not disciplined that could lead you to a bad season and and it and it sounds crazy but the truth and and even and it's even bigger on the on the youth level when you're talking about a young mind who's developing and trying to become the best it possibly can you know there's so many hormones that are going through that person's body that you're you're battling you know on a on a you know galactic level at that point you know it's yeah. just like every second your brain's just gone it's, yeah it's, ne- it's nearly impossible okay so those young bucks that are listening out there i mean it's like you you know if you could get this into your daily routine man i mean and, and it becomes grabs hold like oof, you're gonna be on a whole different level than anybody totally. else but but to your question travis you know i I medit- I started meditating when I was in college um, on a very minimal level because I was having trouble with like the demands of college and uh, the you know the academic demands in relation to my desire to become a professional athlete and so um, yeah I, I I talked to a sports psychologist who was free at the time because the school provided it and he suggested I started to meditate and that's kind of what kicked off my practice but it wasn't until I was a quote-unquote professional athlete that I was able to really dive into the the practice because I had more time on my hands to be quite honest you know I woke up and I was able to put in like 20 minutes of mental training and meditation a day um when and and so yeah that it's it kind of kick-started the 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 kind of journey of how to 
you know, not only do it myself and do it on a daily basis, but, but also hopefully, you know, inspire others to do it as well. What benefits did you see? Uh, from from meditating, whether you know maybe specifically in your game, or you know I know that just I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, the Calm app, and uh, right. I, yeah. I I just see it more. I mean, some on the volleyball court, but I've always had a relatively calm demeanor. But more so, like off of it, when I have like thirty different things I have to write in a day, and my brain right. just starts trying to do all of them at once, that's when I kind of see the benefits of it, when I'm just like, okay, just like, take a breath, and then let's just separate these things one at a time. So where did you see it yes. kind of apply in, in your life? Besides uh, at the Christmas cornhole tournaments, where we ran the table. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's funny, I was just going to say that, Tri, because like, honestly, I have a very uh, intense disposition, um, you know, to my detriment, for sure. And um, I think we both got a little too intense for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, you know, and, and, and in that intensity, you could, you could, for one, lose friends um, or family members. Or yeah, anymore. classic cornhole. <laughs> yeah, just, our, just try and me talk. Our talk father-in-law's, uh, you know, easily could have uh, kicked us to the curb. <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, you know, it, it just kind of dials you in. I mean, that's what I think that the the practice part of it, because when you talk about a meditation practice, you are practicing disciplining your mind, right? So when the game time, which is real life, so what you're doing is you're sitting down with the Calm app or you're just, you know, hanging out by yourself. Maybe you got some music on. Maybe you're repeating a mantra or maybe you're just thinking about nothing, you're practicing so that when you step off of that meditation pillow and walk into real life, that's the game. That's game time. And those, you know, mistakes that you make during life are, are really, you know, could have a cause and effect, right? Where, you know, you know, you're affecting people's lives, you're affecting your relationships, you're, you know, you're, you're not writing a, a, a a good article, you know, that's going to be published for somebody to work for in which that they could lose money. Right. There's a lot of things, but on like a, on a youth level, it's like you're stepping out in the real world. You got you're figuring out your thought processes and you have a test, right? Now you have a, you have to go to practice. Then you got to go do homework. Then you got to eat and you got to sleep and you got to rinse and repeat that. Right. If you don't have a strong mental disposition and, and, and discipline in that, in that routine there, it should be really difficult for you to kind of attack all of those um, items that are going on in your life. So I just think from, you know, at the very core level, it just dials you in, you know, dials you in for life. And then kind of moving on from the, the meditation aspect of it, I, I actually, I'm, I'm a big fan of, because this seems like you're combining sports psychology with like journaling a little bit. And I think as more science comes out on the power and usefulness of journaling, um, you, you kind of had, it's kind of a, a two-in-one type deal here. What does actually writing things down do that you think is so useful for athletes rather than because I feel like talking about it is one thing but actually putting pen to paper it sort of stamps in your brain that much more yeah exactly so what our goal is to make this book into something that you take to all of your training sessions and all of your games and on the road and something that is kind of like uh 
you know, your go-to guide for, you know, your mental game. And, and so when, when you write stuff down, that's in your own words, it crystallizes your thought processes because we all know that we have 5,000 thoughts and 5,000 goals and you know what I mean? And 5,000 things going on in our minds. But the moment that you can sit down with an exercise that is like designed specifically for you and you can put your, you know, your, your, um, your thoughts that those 5,000 thoughts and focusing it in into one or two different things, you've just cut out, you know, 4,998 things, right? So it just gives a lot of clarity to, you know, the, the process of becoming a better human being on a consistent basis. And you mentioned, you know, a couple times that beach volleyball is kind of a unique sport and that you don't have a lot of downtime to either recover um, from, you know, a, a bad mistake. Say I hit a line shot long um, or, you know, you don't have a lot of time to like calm down after a huge play. So what, how would you advise beach volleyball players to, um, to kind of be mentally focused from play to play? So there's, there's two specific things. That's a good question because, you know, think about it if you're like a golfer, right? Like a golfer has like five minutes between shots. Like that's the worst, right? Yeah. Like you hit a bad shot. You got like five minutes to think, to <laughs> about, think like about a, it. How about an NFL kicker? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. It's the whole game yeah. and then it's all on you. <laughs> right, and then you have seven days till you kick again, right? You're basically so. a fan and then they just bring you down to be like, hey, you, all the pressure's on you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, win us this game, little guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so in in the volleyball world, it's it's uh, you have to be... resilient quickly right you have to be able to respond quickly which is a blessing because if you if you think about it you don't have five minutes to wait between the next shot or the next play right you have to you have to respond or it's like eat or be eaten in that situation but some tricks to doing that is and this this comes kind of with the book as well but it's like the it's creating a thing called a mantra which is a very you know uh, blase kind of word these days and it's something that people like are latching onto but the word mantra is basically like you're you create like a dialogue in your mind um, that is it's something like I'm faster I'm better I'm stronger um, no worries um, next one next shot next play right you got it's whatever you want to create but that's a really good way to just like you make a mistake you, you know, you hit a bad pass, it goes out of bounds, something happens that's in your control, but it's, and you basically are able to say that mantra in the moment. And it, over time, if you train it, it triggers you to get back to the present moment. Yep. So mantra is definitely something. And another one is just, is going back to that breath, that disciplined breath that you've practiced on, on the meditation pillow, uh, you know, for months before. Right. I, I personally, yeah, like thinking about these mantras, um, I've had so many over the years. Like it's it's almost like a different thing that works for me every match or every uh, 
tournament or whatever, you know? Um, right. But I, I didn't even think about them as mantras. I'm just like, these are certain things that I know that will cue my focus back to where I think it needs to be for this specific match or whatever. I remember when mm-hmm. I first read um, The Inner Game of Tennis, which is, you know, pretty popular um, sports psych book. Um, the thing I always repeated to myself and I found success in was observe behavior without judgment. I'll just say that to myself. Because then mm. I could hit a ball out and then be like, observe behavior. So I just like replay it in my head and be like, okay, don't judge it. Okay, right. no, I'm over it. And I just say that all the time. And I sometimes I still use that. Um, I remember one time, and I've had so many, but another one that worked for me for a little while was when I was saying to myself, um, Crap, now I'm losing it. <laughs> Wait, I got it. It was it was um composure. Uh dang it, what was the second concentration and confidence. I would just say that. And it, it would be a little mental checklist in between points to be like, mm-hmm. Am I composed? And if I was yelling at the ref or if my heart was beating really fast because I was pissed at the other team, I'd be like, No. I'm not. So right. let's get. So it'd be like a little checklist. It'd be like composure, concentration, and if I'm, you know, thinking about something else, then I'm like, no, I'm not concentrated. And then the last one was confidence, and that would kind of just hone me back in on the game, where I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm in kill mode again. You know, I'm focused mm-hmm. on what I'm trying to do with this ball right now. And I usually did that from the service line, and that really worked for me as well. But yeah, I never yep. thought of it as a mantra. I just kind of was like, this works for me. I'm not going to tell anyone, even though now I'm telling everyone. But um, <laughs> it, yeah, the, anything that works for you. Um, and if you see it work once, then repeat it. And keep repeating it and doing it until it stops working or you find something better. But I, I thought that was really cool. Another thing that yeah. I, that I um, was thinking of when we were doing this was that the mindfulness that I've worked on has, has like evolved to where I used to be like, okay, I just want to get, I want to block everything out of my mind and just be right here. Block out the fans, block out the opponents, the refs, everything. But now I'm finding that I can have control with wh- where my mind goes. And sometimes I'm going to use the fans to my advantage, you know, the energy right. of the stadium and knowing that my opponent, you know, if the energy's on my side, I'm not going to ignore them. I'm going to use them. I'm going to pump them up and try to make them, yep. you know, get into my opponent's head. And if my opponents are in their own head or they're screaming at me, but I can see kind of an insecurity in there, then I might bark back at them just because I know that it will work in my advantage. Or if I, you know, I'm being aware of where my partner's head is at, where the refs are at. Sometimes the refs are nervous. And they're put in, they're put in a really bad position, so you want to be nice to them or not or whatever you know. You realize that they're making calls a certain way this particular day, so you can play to that. But if you're not able to control your focus and where you're going, uh, where your head's going, then you're not able to do that. So a lot of skills kind of come out of it. Yeah, you're talking you're talking really about this mastery, right? And and I think that you know when you're talking about the mantra. You're talking about um, you're talking about this this it's a concept, right? You're talking about this concept that's um, in if it's standing alone, 
it's useless. It's, it's something that you kind of just can say and it might help you a little bit, but if you tie that into uh, a, you know, a disciplined meditation practice, you know, and so that t- that's months of time or years of time that you are disciplined in this and you can now use that mantra while you meditate, right? And now you're training your mind to, to, to use the mantra as well. Then when you get into the game and you got thousands of fans, like Charles explaining, and you use that mantra, now your brain's going to click into discipline mode and you're also going to be able to kind of take a step back potentially and use those fans to help you help the you know you, you help your team succeed and so it's all tied into one you know and and so there's no it it is training it's just like you can't you can't be a strong athlete without a strong core you can't you know you can't jump without strong legs you know you can't you can't be an athlete without training and the mind is no different Right, the mind is something that is trained and disciplined over time. So when tries explaining, you know, getting the fans incorporated into the game and working with them to, to help his team win, that's a byproduct of years and years of training and and game management and understanding of, of himself in relation to his surroundings. Like that's just something that takes a lot of time. And for people to for somehow think that they're going to wake up one day and be a, a mental, you know, master is, is complete opposite. <laughs> but if you have a growth mindset and you sit around and you say, I'm going to constantly get better. I'm going to constantly train my mind so I'm more disciplined. I'm going to constantly just learn and be in the process of learning. Then it's, it's not a chore. It's actually a joy. And when you have to, when you quote unquote have to sit down on that meditation, you know, pillow, it's not, I have to, it's, I want to, mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to train my mind because I know deep down inside, not, not, not only did my favorite volleyball player, Tri Bourne tell me, but, <laughs> but, but I'm going to give, I'm going to give this a shot. And when I do, you know, you, I will see the benefits, but it's going to take some time. And I am grateful for the opportunity to be able to do this because I'm just going to constantly get better and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so aside so, from, so we have, uh, got meditation. Um, and then we have obviously filling out, uh, my mental playbook. Uh, is there, is there anything else that athletes can do at home? You know, like you mentioned, sports psychologists can go for 250, 300 an hour, so is there anything that, say, beach volleyball players who are not making billions of dollars, uh, you know... Travis is asking um, for himself. So what can we do? Yeah, I may be asking for myself. What can we do at, at home, uh, either, you know, maybe just on a practice day or just an off day before match, after match? Is there anything, any exercises that you have in mind that, you know, athletes might be able to go through, um, you know, without paying that, that premium fine of a Michael Gervais? Yeah, the pre, during, or post, or just on a daily basis at home, or all of it. Is there like anything specific, or is like meditation kind of uh, an all-encompassing exercise? No, no. I I think that uh, another big thing that uh, we we found, and I think every sports psychologist would say the same, is is goal setting. 
right? When you have set goals and, and there's, there's process goals and then there's outcome goals and those are explained in the book, but they're kind of self-explanatory. But, you know, if you could, if you could set goals for your training sessions on a daily basis, it's going to help you a lot. And, and you stick to that goal. You have to be a man of your word, right? So it's like, hey, I want to hit, uh, you know, 100 hundred today. Um, and I want to do it in this particular way, right? Um, that's your goal for that particular training session. And you have that at the forefront of your mind then that will, you know, that, that's something that is going to, to help you significantly. And you could do that at home. So, you know, going full circle, it's like, okay, so I just got done with my, my last game. Um, it, it went, you know, we do our reflection questions. You find, you know, the, the specific things that you think that you need to work on for the upcoming week in training uh, then you set goals within the, the, those specific items of whatever they may be that you think you need to work on, and then you go train them. Um, and then the next week you rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat until you're just you know the, the athlete that you want to be, and then you just continue that process. So I think goal setting is another huge one that uh, is, is very easily done at home. Yeah, I love that. I know that uh, Gina Urango, uh, we had her. I think she was our maybe like top, top five, top top five guest uh, that we had on Sandcast. She goes into every practice with you know three goals that she wants to accomplish that practice or three specific things mm-hmm. she wants to work on. So it's definitely something that's being popularized within the beach volleyball world. Um, I know that we've uh, we've kept you for a while. So before we have to. Uh, kind of run here wanted to give some credit to your co-author uh zach edder uh if you want to give a little background on him and and how you guys kind of met up um you know and and how you teamed up to to make this book uh we love that zach is an amazing young man he's uh getting his master's degree in sports uh psychology counselor and he's uh just yeah He's young, but he's just on point. And so what happened is I run a, a company called Tahoe Training Camps where we do high elevation training camps in Lake Tahoe. And he put his application on a um, on a job post that I put together for um, a sports psychologist because we do a lot of sports psychology in my camps. And him and I got to talking, and um, it was incredible. I mean, we just clicked, and we started chatting about this concept that, that, you know, just turned into flying him out to Lake Tahoe because he lives in Massachusetts, <laughs> flew him out. We worked for about a week together to, to create the, the structure of this thing. And, and, um, he is the, you know, he's the, the guy who's putting all of the expertise into everything that we do. Like he's putting the title behind everything. And, and, um, yeah, so it's, it's a, 99% him, 1% me kind of situation because he's he's so passionate about it and he, he knows what he's doing in a very strong way. So not not en- enough good things to say about him. He's just an amazing amazing human being for sure. I love it. And where um where can our guests follow you guys if they want to uh check out the high performance training camp uh or the uh Tahoe training camps, which is your guys camps are putting on it there. 
Yeah, it's that that's uh, Tao Training Camps. We can, we're on uh, the, the Insta and we're on the, the Facebook thing, and then we're obviously our website is TaoTrainingCamps.com. But for the book in particular, it's just MyMentalPlaybook.com, and uh, and we just want to hear we want to hear from you guys. So buy it or don't buy it, but we want to hear what you think for sure. I love it, and they can buy it from the website, or I know it's on Amazon as well. It's on Amazon. You can buy it straight directly from the website. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, our email is right there. Um, we're direct. We can contact us directly. And then, if there are any coaches out there that buy over fifteen books for their their team or organization, we do a one hour free consultation with Zach. Um, so that's just kind of a little added bonus for everybody. So, you know, if, if a coach says, Hey, I want to bring this into my volleyball club and, and Zach would call him in and, and, um, they'd have like a one-on-one conversation for an hour about, you know, the coach's goals and how to implement the book into, you know, his team or players or whatever. So awesome. Um, we have uh, one question that we ask every guest uh, if you had to give one piece of advice to an up-and-coming beach volleyball player what would that piece of advice be? Follow Triborn on Instagram. <laughs> love yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> I love That's it. the first one. We've had a couple repeats. Finally. Of advice, I know. Finally someone gets it. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, thing with them that the growth mindset will change your life in the most positive of directions and those that have a growth mindset are going to be happier and more fulfilled with their sports um and also get to the get to a higher level so growth mindset growth mindset growth mindset Awesome. Growth mindset. Meditate a little bit. Follow Try on Instagram and you, you will have a mental playbook. Wait. Yeah. And buy. And buy the book. And buy. And, and buy, buy the buy book. The book. <laughs> what a, your new sponsor of uh, Zancast, uh, right? We're a, new, we're a new sponsor, right? Of course. Yeah. Uh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we're always looking uh, for sponsors. I know. I should, I should, though. You guys are awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, yeah. thanks for coming on. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, everyone, take your game to the next level with my mental playbook. <laughs> you like yeah. that? You like that? Yeah, that was, that was great. That was good, if you're not a good opener, you're a good closer. Charlie. That's what I'm talking about. That's all I care about. We've come full circle. Yes. <laughs> All right, we'll end on that. <laughs> Drive safe, Leon. Say hi to the family, right. and we will uh, see you soon. All right, bro. We'll see you guys. Thank you so shoot, much. Shoot, shoot. Yep, <laughs> later. <laughs>